I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. My mom is a stickler when it comes to Chinese New Year. I was raised to follow certain superstitions and taboos that I still observe as an adult. For example, I do a deep clean of my home before the start of the new year to sweep away bad luck. I also make sure to not drop my chopsticks or dishware to avoid breaking any connections to prosperity or fortune. There's also this rule that my mom is strict about. At the start of the new year, we're supposed to avoid discussing negative topics, things like sickness, poverty, and death. When the clock struck midnight on Sunday, the first day of the Lunar New Year, I was texting my sister to wish her a happy new year when I saw a tweet about the Monterey Park mass shooting. Earlier in the day, my sister had told me she was going to be in Monterey Park for the city's Lunar New Year celebration. I called her in a panic But thankfully, she had left about a half hour before the shooting started. Others weren't as lucky. Eleven people were killed and nine were wounded. It was a terrifying way to start the new year, fearing death and bracing for the worst news just as it was starting. Then another mass shooting in Half Moon Bay on Monday afternoon, another seven dead and more hospitalized. Many of the victims in both events have been Asian. California's back-to-back tragedies have brought incredible pain and confusion to Asian communities during a time that's supposed to be about celebration and new beginnings. It's also a familiar pain for all Americans. We've been through this time and time again. California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, including background checks and bans on assault-style weapons. So how were these two tragedies allowed to happen? And what exactly is there left to do in the state to keep residents safe? Today on Fifth Emission, State Assembly member Evan Lowe is here to help answer those tough questions. He represents the 26th district, which includes parts of the South Bay and Silicon Valley. He's also the chair of the California Asian American and Pacific Islander Legislative Caucus. What does Lowe want to see happen immediately? And in what ways are California's hands tied without federal action? Assembly member Lowe, welcome to Fifth Emission. Thanks for having me, but it's an unfortunate circumstance that we're chatting here today, but an important one to have. Absolutely. So as Americans, we've sadly become used to these tragedies, but the back-to-back Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay shootings have hit very close to home for our communities. What stands out to you about these latest events? It's it's just a punch in the stomach. I, I can't, but also help be human to the senseless tragedies that are preventable. And why I'm not only just dumbfounded, but with mixed emotions is that I think everyday Californians believe that we need to demand more from our government. And I'm telling you, specifically as a policymaker, that we have done everything that we possibly can do in the state of California. As you know, California has the strictest laws on the books with respect to protecting our citizens from firearms. And yet, because of the Supreme Court and the courts, and also, I just want to say it's that of the Republicans, we're not seeing the type of action that we need to see. And I I am hesitant to talk about it from being viewed or interpreted as a partisan issue, but I just need to speak facts. And the facts are such that we as policymakers and the Democratic Party believe in stricter firearm regulations. You don't see that from the rank and file in the Republican Party. So. Facts are stubborn, but that is the truth. 
To repeat what you said, California is known for being really tough to buy a gun. You're saying we've done everything we can. And just to list a couple of those things that we've done, we have mandatory waiting periods, background checks for firearms purchases. We're one of just eight states that bans military assault weapons. And we're one of the first to enact a red flag law. And and yet here we are. This shooter in Half Moon Bay obtained the semi-automatic handgun used in the shooting legally. It was registered in his name. As a policymaker, what's your call to action now? Is there anything more we can do? There is always more that we can do. I would suggest that we are dancing around the elephant of the room and just trying to make changes around the periphery. We are the only industrialized country in the world who has this systemic problem. No other country has this problem. Why? Because firearms are not allowed, period. And at what point in time will we say enough is enough? You know, the argument on the side is the Second Amendment and let's just protect and we need to have the right to bear arms. But of course, as we evolve as a society, we need to be asking these key questions. Is there societal purpose? And is this not devastating our country and the fabric of our society? Again, let's talk about facts. We're not even finished with the entire first month in the new year. And already more than 35 mass shootings, more than the amount of days that have passed in the month of January. So when we're thinking about the type of society that we want to see, yes, there is more that we can do. We need to be demanding more from our government elected officials and for those officials who haven't pledged their commitment to advocating for keeping our community safe. We need to go to making sure that those elected officials who don't share in that same ideology in that key principle of protecting everyday citizens, that we hold them to account. Are there specific kinds of legislation that you're looking at at the moment? Well, again, I'll share with you just by basics of Civics 101 with the three branches of government here in California, the administrative branch with the governor, the legislature, and then the courts. So in the governor and the legislature, we have done all that we can to help put the laws on the books with respect to even in enhancing some of the key laws that you've talked about, age requirements, uh, 21 years, and necessary background checks on ammunition, preventing those who have criminal history from possessing firearms as well. Those type of laws, unfortunately, have been also held up in the courts. So we need to look at other approaches and ensuring that other states are doing their parts as well as putting pressure on our federal representatives who also hail from the state of California. Mm. Now, do you think we're doing a good enough job of enforcing the gun laws that we already have in place? We can always be doing better with enforcement. We can also utilize technology with the National Registry of Ballistic Imaging, which is that of to track casings of ballistics used in criminal cases so that we can track them. So if the firearm is used in one criminal case, that we can track that and find out who the perpetrator and perpetrators were. Now, you've mentioned other state lawmakers and also the federal lawmakers as well. Are you having conversations with them? What would you like to see them do right now? Well, we are, of course, in conversations with the National Conference of State Legislatures. That is essentially the association of the 50 state legislatures within the United States. And oftentimes we're passing resolutions to help ensure that we can look at some type of other compact Uh, There are, of course, opportunities for other states to pass what we refer to as compacts, agreements with other states, so that when you get, for example, two-thirds of the states in the nation to pass this type of compact, you can see federal action. But when you think about how difficult it is to amend 
the United States Constitution, we need to look at it by state by state level as well. Now, because federal gun legislation basically feels impossible at the moment, tell me more about how that makes California vulnerable. I mean, we hear a lot. We can do what we can within our borders of our state, but guns are coming in from other states as well, right? Well, there's a number of things that we can do. It's not just simply looking at it from a state perspective and waiting for the cavalry to arrive and some magic thing will happen where policymakers will step in magically. But it's also to help effectuate change in the private sector. Can we ask employers and using the power of the purse? It's well known that Dick's Sporting Goods within the past few years rescinded its policy and no longer selling significant firearms because of these circumstances. So there's much that can be done in terms of the public outcry. It's also making sure that we hit it with our pocketbooks, ensuring that the type of investments and or frankly, the divestments in these pension funds in which they are focused on firearms. So there's much that an individual can do outside of looking for the remedy from a public official or for government to be able to ensure that we are using the power of the purse to help direct accordingly. Before we take a break, the Chronicle has been on the ground in Half Moon Bay since the Monday mass shooting, which claimed seven lives and injured one person. You can follow that ongoing coverage at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. One of the Chronicle reporters covering the shooting is Nora Mechanic. She was in Half Moon Bay Monday evening. Let's listen to her share what it was like reporting the event and witnessing how residents were coping. My name is Nora Mechanic. I've been a reporter for about three years, and I've covered three mass shootings during that short time. The county opened what they were calling a reunification center, where they were holding eyewitnesses and family members of the victims, many of whom live in the spaces where these shootings took place. And because these people have been displaced from their homes, their homes are now crime scenes, there was a sense of real fatigue because they were just in this holding pattern waiting to find out where they were going to go next. Something that a volunteer said in Spanish that stuck with me was, we have a plan for today. We don't have a plan for tomorrow. And I think that that's generally how these things work. There's this real outpouring of support that tends to drop off. Unfortunately, given the commonality of mass shootings and given that these farm workers are already maybe at the margins of society a little bit, I hope that they don't get forgotten. But I think that has tended to be the experience for victims' families in the past. That was Chronicle reporter Nora Mechanic. I'll be back with Assemblymember Evan Lowe after a quick break. Many of the victims in the Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay shootings are Asian, as are both of the shooters. What resources does Lowe think communities need now? We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app.
Assemblymember Evan Lowe, before the break, you mentioned how the Supreme Court was making gun legislation tough to pass in the country. The court recently set a new constitutional standard for gun restrictions, which means states like ours will have to fight to maintain our current gun laws. What's the message that California has to keep asserting right now? Well, we cannot just simply say that we're going to throw our hands up because of the Supreme Court. The founding fathers talked about the equal again, keyword equal branches of government with the executive, legislative, and the judicial branch. So yes, it is unfortunate that the judicial branch has taken a look and stricken a number of laws, but we then will take a look at various other approaches to then amend the constitution to making sure that we can protect everyday citizens in our lives. And by the way, many of these laws on the books are sensible poll after poll, overwhelming amount of citizens support basic safety gun laws. In other words, the laws that we pass do not become in conflict to the Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms. We have the right to bear arms, but with sensible regulations, just as we understand that we would comply with sensible regulations of the searches when we go to board an airplane. There are sensible mechanisms in place that do not inhibit and are mutually exclusive to the rights of everyday citizens, while also making sure that we protect individuals as well. Assemblymember Lowe, you are also the chair of the state's Asian American Pacific Islander Legislative Caucus. Communities are really hurting right now, and this is supposed to be a time of joy and celebration because of Lunar New Year. What kind of support do you think needs to happen for these communities right now? a number of things, many ways to uplift the AAPI community. I first want to acknowledge AAPI community members in journalism and in media because it's about their perspective and lived experiences that they can also provide an important voice in the newsroom to making sure that this adequately gets covered. Number two, to help ensure that we provide a space for grieving and solidarity. There are oftentimes employee assistant programs to allow for those who are grieving to access those resources. Additionally, companies oftentimes provide matching funds to community-based organizations doing work in this space. And then finally, I also think it's important that we have opportunities to uplift the voices within various sectors of visibility. That's why it's important that we see more Asian Americans in Hollywood and entertainment. We see more in journalism and in media and in government and in a business alike. So there are many things and opportunities for solidarity for us to work in this capacity, because while we think about the victims and the specific individuals impacted in these communities, whether it be Half Moon Bay or Monterey Park, it also hits the psyche, especially as we're coming out of COVID, the impact of Asian hate, and now with these mass shootings. We now both know that the shooters in both the Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay mass shootings were Asian elderly men. What does that highlight for you in terms of resources needed for the community? Well, I think there's a complexity around these issues, too. And so many of us quickly are to jump to saying that this also potentially could be Asian hate. What I think is important is to, number one, acknowledge the issues specifically and the facts, which is the facts demonstrate that so much of the violence whether it be domestic violence or otherwise, are due to the prevalence of firearms in our communities. So what must we do to help ensure that 
these are not so readily available? And number two, how do we make sure that for the victims, we can't forget about the victims, that they are equally supported as well? There are oftentimes a stigma also associated to mental wellness in the AAPI community, and we need to get around that. So many feel like they don't believe they need the type of support and access because of the cultural norms that we are strong and that we don't need to access public services and or frankly, it's not in language. So we're doing all that we can to enhance those services and getting the support where people need them the most. And then thirdly, that of access and responsiveness from rank and file law enforcement, because this is requiring cultural sensitivity, how do we make sure that we have Asian Pacific Islanders within the ranks of law enforcement so that they too can be part of the community and that they feel like they can be a good surrogate to be able to speak to these communities directly impacted. I also want to ask you this question, because you've been such a huge advocate for the community. Are you worried that because the shooter's identity is Asian, that it will divert attention away from the work that you've been doing around safety for the API community and anti-Asian racism? These are such charged and emotional conversations that get very divisive really quick. These issues are complex. And then I would say our community is also evolving. This is also part of the maturity of a community. We are the largest demographic of the Bay Area and in Monterey Park. And so with that maturity and with that growth also comes these similar complex issues. And what's important is that we help dissect specifically these various components and not jump too quickly to make assertions and conclusions. So again, when we think about the facts, what is the overarching issue with respect to these two shootings in in Half Moon Bay and in Monterey? So how do we address that issue of violence and firearms? And of course, it comes with cultural sensitivity to be able to say, how do we make sure that we don't fall into the traps of having Asian on Asian violence and pitting communities against each other, but making sure that we're doing so with grace and also looking at the specifics of data. You know, it feels like we keep having the same gun debate over and over again. Everything feels really bleak. Is there anything around the subject of guns or gun violence that you feel encouraged by or hopeful about? I'm hoping we can end on some optimism if we can find it. Many uh, communities have been the targets of violence, specifically with respect to firearms. The LGBT community, for example, in Orlando was thrusted right into the conversation. And now the LGBT community has prioritized that of firearm regulations, similar to the Jewish community. And now that we're talking about our API community, we are equally now thrusted. We do not have the luxury of standing on the sidelines. It's no longer not participating and being apolitical and apathetic, but this is our issue now. And we must use this opportunity to galvanize our community in talking about a cohesive message in which we all stand for. We are not monolithic by any means as a community, Chinese, Korean, Hmong, Laotian, but across the lines, we know that we can now say that we should stand up for the sanctity of life and standing up against the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction in our streets. Assemblymember Lowe, thank you so much for offering words of insight and optimism during this really hard time. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Assemblymember Evan Lowe represents California's 26th district. The Chronicle Newsroom has been covering the Half Moon Bay shooting closely since Monday evening. For that coverage, visit sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. Thank you to Gary Baca for editing this episode and Francesca Fenzi, King Kaufman, and Sarah Feldberg for the production help. Thanks for listening and take good care. Mm-hmm.